Hello, and welcome to Queering Desi. I'm your host, Priya. As a South Asian queer non-binary person, I have learned a lot on my journey of self-acceptance and building community. So in each episode, I will bring you a slice of South Asian LGBTQ life with a guest who exemplifies what it means to be who you are and to live your truth. I like to create a safe and open discussion with our guests and listeners. So if the topics on this podcast are controversial, please know these opinions are of the guest and host, and we don't mean any offense. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. On this week's episode of Queering Desi, I'm really excited to have Amrit Kapai from Family Karma. Amrit, welcome to Queering Desi. Hey, thanks, Priya. Can you take a few minutes to just introduce yourself and your pronouns um, for our listeners and who may not know you? Sure, absolutely. So as Priya mentioned, my name is Amrit Kapai. I use a pronoun he, him. I am... 34, uh, practicing attorney, and I'm really excited to uh, be on this podcast. Thanks so much, Amrit. Can you talk to us a little bit about Family Karma, just like how did it come about, and um, just a little bit about the show, whatever you can share with us? Sure. So Family Karma was this opportunity for myself and uh, some of my closest friends growing up to highlight and showcase the Indian culture and uh, sort of the Indian society, how life works in a multi-generational sort of living situation. It, it was this opportunity to sort of showcase the Indian culture. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that's so exciting about seeing uh, just the trailer and having it kind of imminently come out was like, we've seen all of these shows, especially on a, net- like, a network like Bravo, right? And so to see kind of an Indian family go through some of those things or, or represented in that way is actually super exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something new. It's something I think viewers haven't seen. It's obviously going to be um, a very diverse show in terms of we're all Indian and we all have sort of different backgrounds, whether it's uh, my unique situation of being LGBT or some of the other cast members have also distinct stories to tell. So I think viewers are going to love that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, can you talk a little bit more about, you mentioned it just kind of being important from a diversity perspective, but for you specifically, why do you think it was important for you to be a part of this show? So when I first sort of considered this opportunity, I thought, wow, this is going to be a great time to be a voice for South Asians, for for people generally that are sort of facing issues with sexual orientation and gender identity, but even more specifically with South Asians, because you just don't see a lot, I mean, of us on TV or in movies or in the media. I mean, you see other backgrounds and, and obviously we've come a long way as a community, the LGBTQ community, but you really still don't see South Asians um, and Asians generally. So I sort of jumped on that because it was an opportunity to be a voice where a voice is needed. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that's such a big part of why this is so transcendent as a show. But I think what's also kind of beyond all of the other, you know, the labels and the voice that you're talking about is like that relatability. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like the the seeing like South Asian stories on screen? Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I could tell you when I was growing up and when I started um, realizing I was quote unquote different and started to come to terms with my sexuality, I I honestly wish I had a close Indian friend who was also LGBTQ and who was also sort of dealing with the same issues. And I, and I did it and I realized that it would have been so nice to see someone, you know, in, in sort of the mainstream and you grow up, you, you watch Bollywood movies and 
now obviously even Bollywood has come a long way. But before, when I, when I was a kid, you would sort of see the stereotypical man falls in love with woman and they, and they have to a dance <laughs> in the rain. And it's this yeah. amazing, this amazing love story, which is phenomenal, but it, it was really nice at first. And then when I started realizing that I was gay and that I wouldn't have that love story, it was, it was just kind of a little disappointing and kind of just dejecting and not see like a man be with a man in a movie or a woman be with a woman or, or whatever it may be. And and I think the more exposure I'm able to, to have, the more I could hopefully relate, the more viewers can relate to me if they're dealing with similar issues. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned Bollywood. It's such a big cultural influence for us, right? Like, especially, as you said, like, Bollywood is adapting in so many ways. But can you go into a little bit of, like, the cultural influences maybe outside of Bollywood? Like, what was it like growing up? You know, did you grow up in Miami? Yes. So I was born and raised in Miami, grew up in a really close-knit Indian community, which was amazing, which up until this day really laid the foundation, a really strong foundation for my development. Our parents, as you'll see on the show, have been friends for decades, and that's sort of how our friendships blossomed. Yeah, I had a lot of friends in school that were came from non-Indian backgrounds, but I will say by far my closest friends and my core group of friends were my Indian friends. And I, my friends in school would always joke like, oh, it's Diwali time. We're not going to see you for like six weeks because we would, my Indian friends and I would do these Diwali practices, these Diwali dances. So, I mean, it was pretty clear that like sort of my closest <laughs> friends were my Indian friends. And, and that I think that happens. And I think that's natural because you just relate to them more, you know, and our parents were more comfortable with each other. Um, I remember sometimes when I was younger, like really young, sleepovers with some of my non-Indian friends were a little bit more problematic <laughs> and uh, it took some sort of negotiating. And sometimes I, I, I remember not being allowed to, but sleepovers with Vishal, you know, or some of my other Indian friends. Oh, absolutely. No question. No questions asked. And <laughs> I think it was just sort of a comfort level for our parents um, because that's what they knew. They had come from India. They didn't they were still assimilating to society. They weren't born here. So they were just more comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that really comes across in the show, like, is that friendship and that bond? Because it is something that brings you together, like the cultural things and the Diwali celebrations. But at the same time, there's like a just deep relatability. And then it's so much more about that friendship beyond just like you're South Asian or, you know, your parents are friends. It's actually you guys, that friendship really comes across on screen. Exactly. You talked a little bit about the cultural kind of aspect of growing up in that kind of community. Can you talk a little bit about how that kind of translated to your journey, especially coming into your own sexuality? Like, what are some of the messages kind of you received or even before coming out? Like, just kind of, I think, like, for me, for example, I just felt like for as far as gender identity, like, as a girl, I had to be, you know, the perfect daughter and, you know, be in the kitchen. And were there gender roles or other cultural kind of messages that you received or, or things that kind of influenced you growing up? Yeah, I mean, there were certainly gender roles. I mean, I could tell you, Priya, if you gave me the option between playing football outside with my brother and his friends in Vishal or decorating Christmas ornaments um, indoors at our Christmas parties, I hands down wanted to do the Christmas ornaments. I hands down always wanted to do the arts and crafts. I, I wasn't very sporty. Until this day, I could barely throw a football. But yeah, those just gender norms are certainly there. And again, you come across those in, in the Indian culture. Those are just generally sort of all around. But specifically culturally, being Indian, obviously marriage is like this penultimate, like 
that that's what they're working towards, right? I mean, especially for our parents, they think that that's the main goal. You're mm-hmm. you're living your life to get married, and it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress. And before I came out, I tried. You know, I, I I have to marry a girl, and I have to bring my parents home, a nice daughter-in-law, and we'll have this picture perfect family, and we'll take you know, and those pictures, and my wife will be sitting next to me, and my parents behind us, and her parents mm-hmm. behind her, and you try so hard to make that happen and you realize that all you're doing is just pushing who you really are deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper inside of you. And it, it works for a certain while and you get by and you, you distract yourself, but ultimately that person who you really are, it's going to, he or she is going to come forward and, and really need to crawl out of that and claw out of sort of all the oppression for me personally, I would, I kind of would stop. I wasn't interested in going to weddings anymore because every time you would go to a wedding and you would see the bride and the groom come out and, and the bridesmaids and the groomsmen's and, and you just realize yeah. in your head, like, that's not going to happen for me. And it was, it was dejecting and it was sad. And I, I figured like, why am I going to even put myself through that? And, and this was before I came out because I thought maybe that life would, I would never have that life. And it wasn't only, it wasn't until after I came out that I saw like, the possibility that, you know what, I, I can't have that life. And maybe I won't have a wedding party with five bridesmaids, but I'll have a wedding party with eight groomsmen and two groomsmaids. You know, I, I want to call them groomsmaids mm. or bridesmen or whatever you want to call it. It, it doesn't really yeah. matter. You don't have to use sort of the, the stereotypical titles. You could you could do it however you want to. And, and that's when I sort of, that was liberating for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was the same for me. I definitely grew up imagining the big Bollywood wedding and going to all these weddings and never thinking that that would have been possible for me. But I think something that that was so relatable about that first episode also for me watching was seeing your mom kind of start to broach the thing of of what it was like for her. Can you talk a little bit about that journey? Because I think like seeing accepting parents for our community, especially on a platform like Family Karma, is so, so, so important. Yeah, it was a complete shock for them when I came out. And I I don't know if they maybe saw hints of it growing up, but or maybe they didn't or whatever it may be. It was a shock for them. They weren't expecting it. It's it's like I tell people sometimes, it's like you tell them your name is Amrit for 20-something years. And then one, one morning you wake up and you go to them and you say, actually, no, my name's Rohan. And they don't know how to process that because they've only known you as Amrit. And even though it it doesn't change anything about you, obviously, you're still the same person, but they didn't know how to deal with the sort of the news. And I think it's a couple of factors. It's the the exposure. They grew up in India, Mm -hmm. so they weren't privy to, you know, seeing LGBT in the media and, and the LGBT rights movement and the community that the LGBTQ had established for themselves. They didn't really have that in India because India is still sort of also trying to figure out how to accept a different lifestyle. But Mm. I think over time they started to realize one, I was the same person, you know, besides my sexual orientation, nothing else had changed. Uh, Maybe I had a little bit of a flare (laughs) afterwards. (laughs) But but besides that, ultimately, I was the same person. I I think it was a lot of the exposure to, you know, my siblings were really helpful. We would show them sort of movies, you know, Milk and um, Prayers for Bobby and and movies to show them like Mm. coming out and coming to terms. It's it's so important. It's so, so important because otherwise not just it's dark and it's really scary and you feel alone. So I think they realized 
at the end of the day, I was so much happier and I was, I was so much more genuine and I was more honest with them. And I, I think they realized how important it was for me, regardless of how they felt about my sexual orientation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the exposure thing that you mentioned is so valid, right? That was one of my parents' first questions was, well, do we know anyone else that identifies as this way just so they could have, you know, some relatability? Mm -hmm. So I get that. And I also so curious about, you mentioned this a little bit in the first episode, but like, what was it like in that community? You talk about growing up in a really tight-knit, you know, Indian community. How was it like, like in terms of, you know, some of the questions you got or, or did you face any kind of adversity in that? Or did you feel well Welcome and accepted. Yeah. So as a kid, obviously, besides like the whole like not liking sports and really preferring like arts and crafts and that sort of thing, I mean, parents don't really focus on that. It was more so when I was obviously a teenager and when I would be in college and I would come home for the holidays and you would just get bombarded with questions of like, why are you seeing anyone? And I was assuming, are you seeing a girl? <laughs> And um, like, who are you saying? Why aren't you with someone? Are you dating? And all those questions, you kind of just have to bat those questions. And and even until a couple of years ago, you know, um, I really haven't, I mean, like my grandmother will, would ask a couple of years ago, like, when are you going to get married? Why aren't you getting married? You still have to sort of combat those questions and try to figure out like, okay, how do I best answer this without telling them the truth? And I, and I would do our best. And then I, I think once I sort of graduated from law school and I moved to Chicago, it was so much easier to just not have to deal with those questions because I kind of withdrew a little bit. I, I, you know, I was living on my own, living in a new city, able to reinvent myself. So it was a lot easier to sort of withdraw from all those questions in the community, but I'm on now. So everyone knows now. So they, they know to ask the questions, the right yeah. questions. And, and I'm just excited to see where else I can go with, with my relationship and how the community will embrace that. Can you tell us a little bit about Nicholas and like how you guys met? <laughs> we met in Chicago and um, he was sort of my introduction to the gay world. He was my first friend and my first boyfriend and he was incredibly helpful and formidable and sort of my it's almost like when you come out, you're kind of reborn. And when I say reborn, because it's this mm. new community, it's just this lifestyle that you're so ready to like tackle, but you kind of don't know how, because there's no manual as there's no manual to life. So he was, he was a very helpful mm. sort of manual about like, okay, this, this is what it is. And, you know, and, and he's always been very confident about his sexuality and his sexual orientation. So it was a sigh of relief when I met him, to be completely honest. Mm. That's wonderful. That's so great to see. Can you talk a little bit about like some of your favorite things about being on the show? Like any good memories that you have or anything like a, a teaser maybe for people to tune into? You're going to laugh. It's uh, I mean, laugh, <laughs> it's, you're going to laugh out loud. And it's not just like, oh, that's funny. You're going to be audibly laughing. Um, I mean, the personalities, we have a wide spectrum of personalities, um, which is great, but also will, I mean, cause some of us to clash, as, as you'll see. But again, it's just accepting everyone for who they are and realizing that friendships will have their ups and downs, which is inevitable. But at the end of the day, we have so much history and it's hard to walk away from that many years of friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we typically do like a little bit of a rapid fire with folks on the show, and I would love to do an adapted one for Family Karma if you're a game. I'd love to know from the cast, who is the funniest? 
Well, obviously, I want to say me, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I, I think it's um, it's an interesting question because we're all funny. We're all funny in different ways, <laughs> and it depends on what type of humor you like. If you like the dry, sarcastic humor, if you like the wit, if you like the more in-your-face humor, it just really depends on the type of humor. Like Anisha, it tends to be sarcastic and has more of a dry humor. Um, Bali is a very quick thinking. She gives you like these one-liners, fingers, and same with the shawl. It really just depends on the type of humor. I think we all bring different types of humor to the table, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And who would you say is the messiest? In terms of like um, my bedroom, I didn't make my bed this morning, <laughs> or like uh, yeah, or like in life, <laughs> that's um, fine too. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna feed the fifth to that question, especially <laughs> okay. the life question. As, as you probably saw in the trailer, Brian's room is not very camp. Um, it's kind of a pigsty, <laughs> so maybe I'll throw him on the bus and say Brian doesn't seem to be the, the neatest at home. But in terms of like. Life messy. Hey, listen, we, we all got our issues. No one knows what they're doing. I mean, we, we kind of depends on your level of confidence. And sometimes it might seem like one person knows what they're doing more than the other in life. But I really think it's just a matter of how, how confident, how best they're able to pretend like they know what they're doing. Because like, like I said, it, there's no life manual. We're all kind of winging it. So that's, yeah. that's a tougher question. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, who would you say is the most punctual? The most punctual would be, it might be Vishal, actually. It might be Vishal. And I always mm. say that because every time, well, at least him and I have plans to meet up, I think he's always very excited to, to hang out as am I. So he'll always sometimes he'll show up at my house 15 minutes early, which could be a good thing, mostly a bad thing, because I'm not prepared for you to be <laughs> at my house 15 minutes early. But I think it's just, <laughs> he's, just he's just a happy, excited person. So I, maybe Vishal is the most punctual. That's so funny. Um, and who would you say is the most vain out of all of you? <laughs> <laughs> the most vain, honestly, I would I'd throw myself under the bus. I could be very vain. Um, how about we we say Bali and I hand in hand? We love vanity. We okay. love looking. Oh, you know, Bali, <laughs> myself, and Michelle. Michelle will never pass up an opportunity <laughs> to see himself in the mirror ever. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And one of the last things that we ask all our guests on the show is, what would your advice to your younger self be? Uh, this is a fantastic question, Priya. Um, come out. Just, you know, it's. I can't promise you it's going to be easy, and it won't be easy. But it, it's so important, and it's so liberating, and you will have people that will support you. I can guarantee that. And if you don't have anyone that immediately comes to mind, reach out to me, reach out to my, on my social media, find my name. I, I will be there to support you because this is your life and this is your development and you need to live the life that you want to. And I promise it'll be so worth it once you do. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Amrit. Um, can you go ahead and plug like your social media and of course the show, which we'll be releasing at the time of this uh, release, uh, which will be on you know Sunday night. Um, but can you plug everything for us? Sure, absolutely. Uh, my social media, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Amrit Kapai, A-M-R-I-T-K-A-P-A-I. Find me on social media, reach out to me. I'm so happy to talk to you. And obviously, please tune in for Family Karma on Bravo. Premieres this Sunday, uh, March 8th at 9, 8 central. Can't wait for you guys to see it. 
Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Amrit. It was a, such a delight to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Priya. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Queering Daisy. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes to help us spread the word and to make sure you get the latest episodes right to your phone. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Queering Daisy. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please feel free to reach us on social media or drop us an email at queeringdaisy at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.